Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. I'm going to read right over into the first of chapter 11. And then when I want to pray over the word as we receive it today. So Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. Starting there, it says, remember the earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions. And at the other times you were companions of those who were treated that way. For you sympathized with prisoners and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions. Because you know that you yourselves have a better and enduring possession. So don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. If he draws back, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed. But we are those who have faith and are saved. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. Let's pray over the word this morning. Father, I thank you for the blessing of your word. And as we open it today, I thank you that you open our eyes to the wonders of it. That faith will come by hearing your word, just like it tells us. I thank you that you strengthen us in our faith. You strengthen us in our spirit. Being here together, being in your word, worshiping over your word. I thank you that you're able, Holy Spirit, to minister to each one of us as we have need today. We ask you to do that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here in Hebrews 10, starting in 32, he tells them, remember the early days. Remember early on when you first were enlightened or when you first believed. He said, you also during that time encountered difficulty. It says you endured hard struggles. With sufferings, you were you were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions. He's talking to the early church. He said either you were you were friends with people who were enduring taunts and afflictions. He said you sympathized with prisoners, people who had been put in prison for their faith. And when they would go to visit them, their brothers and sisters who had been imprisoned because of their faith, people would ransack their houses and take their possessions. And he said even then you were able to accept that with joy because you know you have a better and more enduring possession. He's saying because of all this that's going on and the emphasis is that it's going to keep going on, you're going to continue to deal with difficult things in life. Don't throw away your confidence because it has a great reward. Don't throw away your confidence because you're going to need, look at that, endurance. You're going to need endurance. Why? Because life is difficult. Life is hard. You need this confidence that has been given to you. It brings about endurance. And he says the righteous, those in right standing with God, those who are as they ought to be, it says live by faith. And then he says those who have faith are saved. I love the way it says that in verse 39. I'm in the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, if you want to sync up with what you've got going on. He said, we are not like those who draw back and are destroyed, 
we are those who have faith and are saved or our souls are preserved. So we need confidence. We need endurance because of what's going on. The righteous live by faith. Those who have faith are saved. So we have this confident, enduring, alive, preserving, saving faith. And then in chapter 11, he tells us what it is. Faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, our ancestors won God's approval. Today, we're going to start our new sermon series here in Hebrews. See, I've been, it's going to be a little bit different, though. It's going to be a little bit different. It's different for me. I had uh, been all last fall drawn towards the Old Testament. I was like, Lord, I really want to get over into this Old Testament. I want to preach out of some of these stories. It's just on my heart, but I couldn't ever land. You know what I like to do is what? Take a book and go through the book. And I was like, Lord, if we do Genesis that way, it may be about three or four years. It may be a little while. I just couldn't land on it. I was like, Genesis, Exodus. Lord, I know they won't want to do Leviticus. What should we do? How is this going to land? And in my Bible reading back in December, I was in Hebrews and I got to chapter 11. And I started reading chapter 11. If you're familiar, it's what some call the hall of faith. It talks about faith and how we should live by it. And then it goes down through a big, long list, doesn't it? Of folks in the Old Testament who lived by faith, part of those ancestors who by faith won God's approval. And I was like, I think I might have found it, Lord. Is this it? I jotted it down. I was like, I'm going to just keep because I take this very seriously. And I know that's probably an understanding. I take this very seriously. I don't want to just get up here and mess around. I want to bring something on time and alive and something that he is working in now for us. And I, so, so I kept on, okay, Lord, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. Nope, it's not that. It's this. What about this? Nope, it's this. So what we're going to do is start by talking about living by faith. And then we'll go down through learning more about faith out of these stories in the Old Testament. The life of faith, the testimony of many of those who lived by faith and because of that found approval with God. So for example, two weeks from now, Cain and Abel. That one's going to be fun, isn't it? It'd be interesting. So we see that they were faithful in different situations. And we read it and it's an encouragement to us as believers to be faithful in all circumstances, even in difficulty. It's an encouragement to us to begin our life with Christ in faith. That's the only way to begin it. To continue our life with Christ in faith. And if we die, to die in faith. Amen. Amen. And then we'll see Christ all throughout it. We'll see him in there. I can't wait to share some of those things with you. So today we have to start. We have to have a beginning and we're going to need a baseline. When we're talking about faith, we need to know what is it. It's going to be a pretty big part of this discussion over the next several weeks. When we use that word, what does it mean? We say it a lot and you don't have to holler anything out. Didn't expect you to. But when you hear the word faith, what comes to your mind? And there's nothing right or wrong about what comes to your mind. But if you had to be if you had to explain to someone 
They said, well, y'all talk about faith a lot. It seems to be a Christian word, a religious word. What does it mean? That's right. She's quoting Hebrews 11. That's what we normally do, right? It's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. What does that mean? Yeah. Trust. That's a great one. That's a great one. And we're going to dig more into that, that you will have an understanding of what it is. Because obviously it's important, right? It's obviously important because we need the confidence that comes from it. We need the endurance. We need to be saved. We need to be those who don't draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. So number one, what is faith? Faith is needed. It's necessary in this Christian life. The writer of Hebrews right here said, In the difficulties of life, you're going to be tempted to turn back from faith to something else. You're going to be tempted to turn back. He said, don't, don't be like those that draw back. Don't be like those that throw down their confidence, but hang on to it. What are they turning back to? Something else? Anything else? Anything other than faith. Maybe it's, our, maybe it's the worth of our own works. I can do it. Just give me the list. I can do it. I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'll get better. Give me the list and I can fix myself. You give me the list and I'll do what needs to be done. Or I'll give you the list of what I need in life to be where I want to be. I can get it figured out. We can put the weight on our own works. We may put the weight on our own character. What I have done, what I've built, what I've accumulated. This is what it is that's going to keep me in confidence. This is what it is that's going to keep me standing. Maybe it's the things of the world. Maybe it's the old ways. The way we used to handle business when we lived outside of Christ. When we turn back from faith to anything else, we're basically saying, I can be God in my own life. Right? It's the opposite of faith. It's saying, I don't need you. I can do it. I don't need you. I will be you in my life. Faith is needed. It's the only thing we can live by and be saved. We need to know what it is. It's needed. We need to know what it is. What is it? Well, it's right there. Faith defined. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Here in the CSB, it's the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. The reality of what is hoped for or the assurance of what is hoped for, the substance of what is hoped for, something that we can tangibly touch is what the language there is saying. Tangibility of what is hoped for. Now, what's he referring to when he's saying something's hoped for? It's not, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow so I can play golf or so my baseball game doesn't get canceled. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope my order comes in in time, you know, so I don't run out of this. I hope, I hope. It's not that type of hope. When you see what is hoped for here in the scripture, what he's referring to is the deepest and truest hope you've ever had. The deepest and truest hope that you've ever had. Because see, at our core, at the center of who we are, we all have the same hope. We want to be with God. 
We were created to be with Him. That is what we want, whether we realize it or not. All the desires that we have find their right satisfaction in being with Him. Again, you're like, all of them? Yes, all of them find their right satisfaction in being with Him. It is our strong longing, our deepest and most base desire is to be with Him even before we know what that is or before we know what that looks like. That is what we want. It's what we want. We saw Paul say uh, something very similar when we're going through the book of Acts. We're still going through Acts in our Wednesday night Bible study. About to finish it up, he would tell them at the Areopagus that even in our ignorance, we were looking for God. Even in our ignorance, not knowing who he was, he was what we were looking for. And he tells him why. He said, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he gave life and breath to all living things. All living things. And he put us where we are. And you can look, you can go read this, Acts 17. He put us where we are so that we might reach out and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. Isn't that awesome? He put us where we are, right where we are, right where you are right now. He put you where you are, situated you in the world so that you might seek him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. So when we hear faith is the substance, the tangibility of what we hope for, these are the things that it's talking about. Our deepest hopes, our most core desires to be justified. We have justification by faith. Justification means I am accepted by him through the grace of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, even though I shouldn't be on my own. I shouldn't be accepted by him because I am not on my own acceptable. But by faith, I can touch justification. By faith, I can touch sanctification, which means I'm being set free from the sin that used to rule over me. Where I used to not be able to say no, grace gives me the ability by faith to say no. Why? Because I've seen the better. Why would I pick up the lesser? When I'm being sanctified, I'm being set free from the sin in existence in my daily life that I've already been set free from the punishment of in my justification. I hope to be justified, sanctified, and again, to be with him, to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, to be a temple of the presence of God. You know what that means? It means I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned because he's always with me. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you until the end of all of this. And then I also have hope of having a having authority. Authority over the darkness that used to rule over me that I can tell it. No, you stop right there. You're not coming in here. You're not working in here. You won't be active in here. He gives me 
authority or command over that which I used to be a slave to. These are the things that we hope for. And he says it's the proof of what is not yet seen. This is the re- faith is the reality of what we hope for and the proof of what is not yet seen. And now there's two, two pieces to that. The proof that is not yet seen. Number one, there's an unseen realm. Right? That you can't see with your eyes. That's where God is. There's this unseen realm, but it's also referring to the future. So this hope that we have in Christ by faith, and remember it's tangible because of faith, we can hold on to it. It reaches over into that which we cannot see, both the unseen realm of the spirit and into the future. See, we live in the present. We can view the present. Here we are right here. We can view the present, we can recall the past, but the future is unknown to us. And when we're on our own, that's threatening, isn't it? To not know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I can make projections, I can make assumptions, but Scripture says I shouldn't do that without saying, if the Lord wills, I will see you next week. Right? Because I'm not guaranteed that I can't see over into it and unknowns for us uh, freak us out a little bit, don't they? But see, faith changes the way that we see the present as far as what's important and what's not. We talked about that. It helps us set our priorities. We see things His way. It helps us order things the way that they need to be ordered. We deal with the present differently. We recall the past differently. Instead of being charges that can be brought against us or uh, feathers that could be put in our own cap, trophies that could be hung on our own wall or shame that would come out of the past to, to chase us down, we can recall the past differently because he's taking care of all of it for us when we believe in Christ by faith. Amen. So it changes the way that we view the present. It changes the way that we recall the past. And it takes the future from a foe that is to be feared to a promise that is to be received. A promise that is sure to be received. Again, not a weak hope. Well, I hope I I make it. No, faith sees it as sure and certain. We trust God for tomorrow. And we see and receive that promise by faith. So faith is needed. We've tried to define it. You're still like, it's still a little bit up there. Let's, let's go into a little bit more explanation. Faith as a believer is seeing the way that God sees. Faith is seeing the way that God sees. I see him the way that he is. He is God. He is almighty. He is high and lifted up. I see him the way that he is. I see me the way that I am. Outside of Christ, I'm able to see myself by faith. The sin that I carry that keeps me from him, I can see that clearly by faith. And I can also see Christ the Savior, the Messiah, the one that was sent for me when I was dead in my sins and in my trespasses. I can see him. 
I can see His work the way that God sees His work. I see others the way that He sees others. I see tomorrow the way that He sees tomorrow. I see everything the way that He sees everything when I see by faith. I have Christ's outlook on everything. So a simpler way to define faith is I see the way that He sees. And I have His outlook on everything. How do we get that? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the Word of God. So as we've defined it, let's go into a little bit more explanation. Some say that faith is blind. Is blind faith. Or faith is belief in something that is unreasonable. And opponents of Christianity would say that that is its foolishness. Is your believing in something that is unreasonable. You have this blind faith. But Christianity, faith in Jesus, is not blind. It's not reaching. Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 11 and 12, that for this gospel I was appointed a herald, apostle, and a teacher. And that is why I suffer these things, because I've been appointed to those offices. And then he said, but I'm not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. Until the future. He's saying Christianity isn't a blind faith. He said, I know who I believe in. It's not blind. I know, I know a lot about him. I can tell you about him. He said, and because I know these things, I am persuaded. Now, he knows them by faith. He's persuaded by faith, but it is not a blind faith. Interestingly enough, when Scripture talks about blindness, it talks about us when we were dead in our sin, stumbling around in the dark, not able to make the right decisions, not able to point ourselves in a good direction. That's what it refers to as blindness, not faith. When it talks about blindness, again, not physical blindness, but metaphorical blindness, it talks about sin, worldliness, and darkness. And it also tells us we're what? Called out of darkness and into His light. Faith is the antidote or the cure for spiritual blindness and confusion. Why? Because we have new sight. We see things the way that He sees things. We have that proof of what is not seen. Think of it in relation just to your going back. So not metaphorical. Now your your natural eyes. There There are many conditions that can cause blind spots in our vision. Right. I think glaucoma is one of them. Right. It it can start to develop in our eye to where we can't see clearly. It'll either take the center out where all we have is the peripheral or it starts to put blind spots in there. So we can't see as we ought to see. We can't see the full picture. It's darkened. It's distorted. And again, maybe only peripheral where we can't see the center of things. And this is how our spiritual sight is in our sinfulness. Our view of Him, our view of us, our view of the world is in our sinfulness. 
It's broken. It's distorted. It's blurred. It's incomplete. And we're unable to comprehend God. We're unable to comprehend our need for Him. That's why we walk around and try to still do things on our own. We're unable to comprehend how the world even works. So just like that physical blindness can, can, can take things out of your field of vision, it's incomplete, it's blurred, it's, it's broken. So it is when we're walking in our sinfulness, when we're outside of Christ. We, we can't comprehend the things we need to comprehend. We can't wrap our minds around it because we can't see it. But faith is... The miraculous healing of your vision. Clearing those blind spots where you can see clearly that central blindness removed. See, then I can see him. I see him by faith. I see my need for him by faith. I see his fullness. I see his sufficiency, his ability to hold me regardless of what's going on. I can see it. I can touch it and I can trust it. It's the same reality, but I have new vision and I have true perspective on things by faith. Faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. He said, don't throw away your confidence because you're going to need endurance. And we are not those who draw back. We in Christ are not those who draw back and are destroyed. We are those who have faith and are saved. That's still a lot, right? And we're just getting started with it. Week one, don't take a snapshot. Keep coming because, again, faith comes by hearing. But we, we always want to have some application as we get closer to the end. What is it that I'm supposed to do with all that? What am I supposed to do with all of that? And I want you to understand, faith doesn't come from you. Faith comes from Him. Your faith, Romans 12, He's given to each one the measure of faith. Your faith comes from Him. And Hebrews further on will read that without faith it's impossible to please Him. Where's our faith coming from? Romans 12, He gives it to us. Without this, it's impossible for you to please me, young and here, here it is. Your faith comes from him. And so first, we just need to receive that. And understanding that we can simply receive that and we cannot achieve it. Faith isn't coming because of something that you are doing or have done. You cannot build it up in yourself. Amen. Thankfully, it's not based on what I do. It comes from him. And so I receive by faith and not try to earn it with my achievements. And as I have believed, how how do I believe? I believe by faith. That's how I walk. That's how I walk through this life. Paul would tell the Galatians, he said, you started out by faith. Are you now going to be made perfect by what you can do? And he tells them that's foolish. He said, you started by faith. Don't change to something else. Don't turn back to trying to do things on your own. You started by faith. Walk in faith. Like, What does it mean to walk in faith? This is one of those Christian terms, right? 
Essentially, faith, when you start to see things the way that He sees things, guess what it's going to cause you to do? It's going to cause you to repent. Repentance means what? Change the way that I think. I used to think this was the way I should walk. Now that I see more clearly, I realize that that's not the case. I've changed my mind. I used to think this was how you were supposed to treat others. Now I see things more clearly through faith and I've, re, I've adjusted and said, no, this is how you should treat others. I, re, I repent. So there's repentance. I was wrong about this, God. Forgive me and thank you for helping me see this area more clearly. Faith brings repentance, which is always good. Faith brings fellowship with God. It's there that we're changed. And he also brings fellowship with others in the body of Christ. So it brings repentance, fellowship with God, which there were changed, and fellowship with others, which we strengthen one another as we walk this life together. So you're going to have faith before you have it show up in your conduct. You're going to have trust before you start seeing the deeds play out in your life. The things that faithful people do, you're going to trust Him before the deeds show up. And there's going to be worship from your heart to Him before you ever get to work. Before you ever get started working and working this thing out in life. Understanding I am accepted and received in Him by faith and not any of these things that I do. Christian perfection. When we, He shall come, trumpet sound. May I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone, to faultless stand before the throne. Your Christian perfection, when you stand before Him, is not going to be based on your conduct, your character, or your creed. What you did, how you were, or even having perfect theological doctrinal beliefs. It's not going to be based on that. It's going to be based on your faith in Christ. Now, those other things, because you had faith in Christ, guess what? They're going to start showing up. But that's not what gets you home. Faith is what gives us confidence. Faith is what gives us endurance. We are those who have faith and are saved. Not those who have works, not those who have achievement, not those who have good character and good conduct. Those who have Faith, And again, where does the faith come from? Thankfully, it comes from him so that it's not based on us. Again, those other things are going to be present. He's going to begin to grow you into what he's called you to be. But he does it by faith. We're united with Christ by faith and not our works. That's the way that we're justified. That we're accepted by him. That's the way that we're sanctified, that we're set free from the sin that we just couldn't shake on our own. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we're never by ourselves, that He is always, always, always with us and the authority over the powers of darkness that used to have authority over us. He puts things back in their right and proper order. All of it happens by faith Again, what about grace? It's by grace that you say, yes, only faith. Faith is the only thing that can believe in grace. Grace is so amazing, so miraculous that only faith can believe in it. By grace, you have been saved and through faith, not of works, 
or else you'd probably be bragging about it, is what he says. You'd have something to brag about, and we don't. Listen, lastly, finishing up, or I'm just getting started. Finishing up for today. Faith is not merely belief in God. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Scripture says, hey, that's great. The demons believe in God. That's what he says. You believe in God? The demons believe in God. You're doing, you're, you're doing as good as the demons just by believing in God. Faith isn't just believing in God. Faith is believing God. There's a difference, right? Do you believe in Him? Sure, He's probably out there. There's probably something out there. Yeah, probably. Uh, but do you believe Him? Do you believe that He's faithful? Do you believe that He's trustworthy when He's told you something that He told you the truth? Do, be, do you believe that He's sufficient to hold you when nothing else can? Do you believe He's able to do what He said He would do in your life? through you, around you. Faith isn't just, do you believe in God? It's believing God. That new life with Him starts at that moment of salvation and lasts forever. Through all of eternity. I jotted this down. I had to go back and get a post-it note. Because it kind of just showed up. Faith is a divinely imparted ability from God for you. For you to see. For you to trust. For you to endure with confidence. And to truly and fully be alive in Him and to Him Forever. Forever. It says that the righteous one will live by faith. And a different way to phrase that is it's by faith that you are alive. You live by faith. Yes. Amen. It is by faith that you are alive. It comes from him divinely imparted to us from him for us so that we can see trust, endure with confidence, and truly and fully be alive in and with Him forever. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not yet seen. For by it our ancestors, who we're going to get to talk about, won God's approval. By faith we have confidence. By faith we have endurance. And by faith, we have life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of faith that you've given to each one of us to see you and comprehend you as you are. High and lifted up. You're God. You always have been. You always will be. And we see ourselves in our sinfulness. We see ourselves in our separation from you. It's our greatest hope to be with you. And sin has separated us from that. And we are like a dead man in the grave. We can't do anything to get out. And it was in that position that you found us and you saved us. That you sent Christ Jesus to make a way for us to be with you forever. To take on our sinfulness so that we could inherit his righteousness. That if we only 
believe and have faith that comes from you, we exercise that, then we shall be, will be saved. We thank you. Thank you that you're present to do that for us even today. Lord, if there's anyone in here who knows they're far from you and yet wants to be close to you, You've made that possible by faith. You don't have to come up here. You don't have to have me rub the hair off your head praying for you. You can take that home and in the quiet and privacy between you and him. And I've made a mess of it. And I thank you that I heard the truth today. That even though I've made a mess of it, that you'll still receive me in Christ Jesus. That you'll change my past from a record against me to a declaration of your glory that you'll change my present from me being here by myself not knowing what to do to I'm a part of the family of God and by faith you change my future to know that tomorrow in you is better than today and 10,000 years from now man how good is life with you going to be that starts now and lasts for forever. He's faithful. I thank you that as we get ready to go today, Lord, that we go in peace and unity with one another. Protect us. Keep us safe. Lord, we pray for those that aren't able to be here with us today. Weaken their bodies. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. Lord, if they're working, that they would do so to your glory. And if they're traveling, that you bring them safely back to us. We thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for the church. We thank you that you have made us a part of what you're doing in this world today with Christ at the head and us below exactly where we want to be. I thank you for the gladness that we find as we serve you together. And I thank you that you build us up in our faith as we see one another walking in your will and in your way. And Lord, for everything that we have ahead of us this week, what we know of and what we don't, I thank you that you are with us through it all, that we have a great confidence in you, one that leads to endurance. And we're not like those who draw back to the old ways, evil for evil. We're not like those who who revert back to the flesh, but we're like those who have faith and are saved. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.